October 10th, 2022, and welcome to episode number 431 of the study session. Steelers Nation, take heart. Everything is going to be okay. This is all part of the process when you are a fan of an NFL team. And I'm going to talk you through it today. Was it fun? Hell no. Does it look good for the rest of the season? Absolutely not. However, there are some positive things to build on. We're going to talk about the reasons behind the poor performance of really every phase of football on your Pittsburgh Steelers. And I am grateful that you're joining me today as we talk through. As always, thank you, thank you, thank you for being a supporter of The Still Study, for listening, reading, and sharing my work with your family and friends. It truly does mean the world to me, so thank you for that. Don't forget about the podcast that I do with Jim Wexel over on his site, The Still City Insider. Jim and I probably will be recording tomorrow following Mike Tomlin's press conference, so stay tuned for that so you can get Jim's takes on what's going on with the Steelers. And also don't forget that the Still Study is now on Apple Podcasts. Click subscribe and get daily updates to your feed. Anyway, let's talk about it. Steelers get absolutely trounced 38-3 to the Buffalo Bills. And if you remember back to my prediction last week, I said that Josh Allen and the Bills would attack the Steelers' defense deep down the field because of the depleted secondary. Depleted isn't even the appropriate word. You had guys in there like Josh Jackson and James Pierre. I mean, it's really seven-on-seven passing scrimmage for Josh Allen. He just he just tore that secondary up. And not making excuses for the secondary because of the injuries, because every team has injuries. However, the table was set for Allen to take advantage of it and kudos to him he did to the tune of 38 points now is this what to expect from the secondary moving forward are they this bad eh I don't think they're this bad they've got to get healthy they've got to get Terrell Edmonds back out there Cam Sutton Kella Witherspoon, I mean, they're down to really practice squad level guys, but I wouldn't expect it to be much better. And here's the other part too. I said that if the Steelers pass rush couldn't get home, that that would create the time for Allen to go downfield. What happened? There was zero pass rush. And when you don't have TJ Watt out there on the field and latest reports are he got surgery done on his knee, he got his knee scoped, so his return isn't going to be until after the bye week. Don't expect it to improve anytime soon because Alex Highsmith, he's good. And this is no criticism of him. He's a complimentary player. Whenever Watt is out there, he's a better player. He's not out there right now, obviously. So their pass rush is going to struggle until... T.J. Watt gets back out there on the field. Now, here's a question to ask yourself. If this losing streak continues, if they're eliminated from playoff contention early, which is a very strong possibility considering their next three games, 
do you even bring Watt out there and risk him to further injury? And again, I know I'm being fatalistic and somewhat pessimistic here, but they have to ask that question. So my nightmares there about what would happen with Josh Allen versus this defense came true. And the one thing that I did say is I thought that the offense would be able to keep pace with the Bills offense. And man, looking at that, I feel foolish for making that prediction. But let's talk about that offense a little bit. For as much as Mike Tomlin said that we're not going to handcuff or hold Kenny Pickett back, they did just that. Nothing spoke more to that than at the start of the second half when they ran on first down and second down, being down by multiple touchdowns. And then the other part, too, being down by multiple touchdowns and attempting field goals on a windy day when they're not guaranteed and your kicker, who's typically clutch, misses two of them. You're not going to win many ball games like that. You're not going to get back into ball games like that. And so there was some questionable decision-making from the coaching staff yesterday as well. Kenny Pickett, I thought, played okay. I wouldn't say that it was great. I wouldn't say that it was poor. I wouldn't even say that it was average. I would say it was a little bit above average, especially for a rookie. Remember, this is this kid's first start, and he's starting in Buffalo against a top NFL defense. And give props to Buffalo for their home field advantage. They are legit. You Typically, Steelers Nation travels well. How many Steelers jerseys did you see in the stands yesterday? Not many. And in fact, I can't recall the last time I seen that many Steelers fans at Acroshore Stadium, Heinz Field, whatever you want to call it. So Buffalo was definitely representing hard yesterday. Anyway, Pickett made some nice throws yesterday, throwing on the run, quick decision-making, nice zip on his passes in the short to intermediate range, quick release, hung in there in the pocket. The one thing that kind of stood out on that interception has been my concern all along with him is just his zip on the deep ball. I wouldn't even call that a deep pass. It was kind of a deep pass, but there's just not, you're not going to see an elite level NFL arm with this kid. It's just not there, but he has the arm where he can be a successful quarterback in this league. I'm not criticizing him here. I'm just talking about what his skill set is. There were some late hits on Pickett yesterday. Yeah, I did like James Daniel coming to his defense. But all in all, encouraged by what I saw from Pickett in his first start, over 300 yards, over 60% completion percentage, no touchdowns. He did have a pick. But he's not getting a lot of help from his receivers. Deontay Johnson, I'm sorry. He's had drop issues the past couple years. Those aren't going away. It's not going to be fixed. It's part of his game. Now, if the coaching staff is okay with that, to whenever your quarterback throws it to him on a big third down, it hits him directly in the hands. He doesn't come down with it. You go 
off the field. If the coaching staff is okay with that, they will keep him in there. But I'm sorry. Johnson is what he is. He's going to drop the ball. It's part of his game. No matter how much he improves. He is not an elite receiver. Bad signing. Typically, I don't condemn signings like that. But he's going to give you some big plays every now and then. But consistently, he's going to drop balls. And he's going to not convert third down. So, you can have all the highlight real catches. I'd rather have somebody who is reliable out there. Chase Claypool made some decent plays yesterday, but he also made some... He left some meat on the bone. Pat Framuth is now out with a concussion. That's going to hurt. Najee Harris, I don't know what's going on with him. Is he still injured? Is that Liz Frank injury still lingering? Is that holding him back? Is he... Is the additional weight that he put on this offseason, albeit muscle, is that slowing him down? It just looks like a completely different type of running game when Jalen Warren is in there as compared to Najee Harris. I'm not understanding what's going on there. It is concerning. They did use a first-round draft pick on him. The offensive line has been decent. They have not been the concern that we thought. But I'm starting to question Najee Harris, and I've been one of his biggest supporters. I thought he would have a monster year this year. That's not happening. He looks like he regressed from his rookie season. It just is what it is. I'm not being critical. I'm calling out what is evident on the tape and in the statistics. And typically, I don't make these types of proclamations because I think it's important to be objective. But I will go on record and say this. I'm not a big fan of coaching changes midseason. Matt Canada has to go. He's got to go. He has to go. It's... I don't even know what that was yesterday. And it this dates back to last season with Roethlisberger. It's... I don't what kind of offense is it? It just it's I thought that Randy Feetner was bad or Todd Haley. I would take either of them back in a heartbeat. It is it's like a tone deaf offense. It doesn't it doesn't respond or react to the data that's available down in distance. What's needed in terms of the context of the game, the score. It's just like, hey, let's Let's just run this play. This sounds good. <laughs> I I don't get it. And I know Tomlin was asked about personnel changes, starting lineup changes, coaching staff changes yesterday. He said everything's on the table. Hopefully one of those things that is being strongly considered is letting Matt Canada go because it, it's bad. It's bad. Defensively, I'm seeing people calling for Terrell Austin's job. They're so injury depleted. And yeah, you could talk about next man up, standard is a standard all you want. But you can't turn practice squad players into all pros or to pro bowl players or to even starters. 
and they are beat up. So, not a good showing, man. I mean, that was their worst loss since the 51-0 loss to Cleveland back in the day. It's Mike Tomlin's worst loss. And we always talk about Tomlin never having a losing losing season. He's one in four with a three-game stretch ahead of him that sees Tom Brady and the Buccaneers coming to Akershore Stadium next week. The following week, it has him traveling to Miami for a Sunday night game against the Dolphins, a resurgent Dolphins team. Then the following week, the day before Halloween, they're going to take on the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. In Philadelphia, where the Steelers historically struggle, that is the Bermuda Triangle for the Steelers. I hate that game. I don't even want to watch it. Because, oh, man. There's something about Philly. They just don't do well there. That that game scares me. I mean, that's if they play like they played the past four weeks, in which they're 0-4, they're going to drop three more in a row. That'll be seven losses straight. That'll be the worst in Mike Tomlin's career. They'll be one and seven going into the bye. One and seven, people. And they still have to play the Bengals once, the Ravens twice. A Browns team that already beat them. They still have to play the Saints. Yeah. I mean, this is reality, but here's what I want to point out. This happens to every NFL team. It doesn't matter how good you are. It's going to happen. This is the cyclical nature of football, of the NFL, of college football, of high school football. You can't win every season. At some point, you're going to have losing seasons where you have to rebuild. You're going to lose your franchise quarterback of 18 years who was the glue that held the team together. You're going to have to replace that player. You're going to have guys who were legit all pros start to age and break down. You're going to have guys that you drafted toward the back end of rounds who aren't as talented as you anticipated and end up being duds. And I don't know how much credit we've given the Steelers organization for making it 18 years during Roethlisberger's career without a losing season. That's incredible. But eventually it does break down. You have to pay your dues once again. After success for an extended period of time comes the losses. It's natural. It's part of everything. And this might be that year. But along with that comes the promise of players like Kenny Pickett developing. Players like George Pickens developing. Jalen Warren emerging. Pat Freyermuth, if he could stay healthy, emerging. Should they get a top 10 draft pick? Right right now, I think they'd have the first overall draft pick. But adding talent from that perspective. So just keep that in mind. 
sure, we want the Steelers to win every season. We want them to win every game, but it's just not reality. And sometimes it's got to be burnt to the ground and built back up again. And they may be in the midst of that process. And it's such a foreign feeling for Steelers Nation because it's been 18 seasons without a losing season. And it just feels so unnatural. But again, it's part of the process. Short-term suffering leads to long-term success. Maybe that's what we're watching unfold right now. Not trying to be negative here. Just calling it like it is. And the positives, hey, let's just watch these young guys grow and develop. Let's watch Kenny Pickett get better. Let's watch George Pickens get better and grow. Let's watch Jalen Warren. Let's see how this team responds. And that's where our focus needs to be. Can they get better? Man, I don't think you get get any worse than what it was there in Buffalo. And studying, 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 studying. My gratitude to Yins for being supporters of the Still Study, for listening, reading, and sharing my work with your family and friends. It truly does mean the world to me, so thank you for that. Would love to connect with you. We could do that one of three ways. Comment directly on the articles. Hit me up via email at thestillstudy at gmail.com. Give me a follow on Twitter at Still Study. Would love to connect with you. Listen, studying, it's going to be all right. We'll get through this together. I'm going to keep bringing it to you every day this week. Hang in there. Who knows? Maybe they'll pull the upset against Brady next weekend. Looks like the Steelers have found a quarterback here with Pickett. Let's see how his year plays out. Let's get that young man a win. That's what we need to do. Let's get him a win. Let's build some momentum for him. And have a great week, man. It's Monday. It's October 10th. Life is bigger than football. Don't forget that. Do something positive for yourself and someone else. And remember... Despite the loss, life is beautiful in the black and gold. Peace, everyone. Make it a great day.